Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Evolve.ag podcast. Today, I am thrilled to have on the show Dennis and JT Colmia out of Wichita, Kansas. They are the co-founders of the alternative milk startup, Strive Nutrition. Thanks so much for being here with me today. I'm excited to talk about the new state of dairy and all the interesting types of milk that are coming to the market, especially the kind that you're working on, which is made through precision fermentation. But before we dive into that, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, your relationship, and your background in the dairy industry? Go ahead, Denny. JT and I have been together almost 50 years. We're originally from Wichita, Kansas. And we, uh, after we got married, we moved around, moved to San Francisco, New York. And then we came back and I started a business here within aseptic processing and packaging of low acid foods, primarily of dairy. And we were the second people in America to have Tetra Pak. We started out by doing aseptic milk and uh, milk byproducts. We did that for 35 years and built uh, quite a business together where we had plants in the U.S., Mexico, and China. We sold that business in 2016, and now we have had the opportunity to get back into a new business with Strive Nutrition, and here we are today. That's wonderful. Wow, you guys have a long history together too, so congratulations. That's amazing. What made you decide to pivot from regular dairy into precision fermentation dairy? Your turn. Mm -hmm. We we bought the as Denny said this brand name Strive and we were starting out to just make a dairy based protein drink and we started looking at it and thinking like how are we going to stand out like we're just going to be another another protein drink and Denny really did a lot of research and found out about Perfect Day Protein we we went out to visit the people at Perfect Day and really found out about what they're doing and why they are doing it. I personally just was so wowed by their determination to really have an impact on climate change. And I was like, yeah, there's something we can do. And it's also an amazing whey protein. That's kind of like the impetus of why we decided to do an animal-free new kind of fermentation product because we tasted it and we really understood like it is just exactly like whey protein isolate. There's a lot we can do with that. Yeah, and because we had, we'd also looked at dairy-based protein drinks, but we also were looking at plant-based as, an, as a second phase. And when we met Perfect Day, and as Janet has stated very aptly when we met them and we did some tests with their products, uh, we just looked at each other and said, there's no reason to do uh, dairy or plant-based protein. We're going to go right, right into the future with animal-free dairy products, whey protein isolate, and produce a line of products around this And um, it was kind of a light bulb moment when we just thought we're heading right into the unknown because these are all new products and Perfect Day is the first company to make a commercially viable dairy protein that meets the FDA grass specifications. And uh, we felt that it would be a giant step that we could take for ourselves and for for the good of the planet. That's super impressive. And I can just tell how passionate you two are about this topic. So I can't wait to hear more about it. 
Can you share a little bit about what exactly is precision fermentation and how it creates dairy or dairy-free dairy, if you will? You know, fermentation has been around for centuries. I mean, what, what can I say? Yogurt is a fermented product. Cheese is a fermented product. And there are different types of fermentation. We used to make yogurt in, in one of our plants. And, and uh, so you would inoculate the entire tank with the right bacteria and it would grow and ferment. And then you would use the entire tank of yogurt to produce products or fill into cups. And with precision fermentation, we're not going to use the entire mass of product, the biomass of the product. We're going to take the DNA of a specific component of milk, if you will. In this case, it's whey protein isolate. And we're going to get that DNA from, from the internet. You can get the code right from the internet. You don't have to take it from the cow or cow hair or directly from the cow. Then we're going to get microflora, which can be fungus or yeast, that something that a medium to grow the protein in. And we're going to culture that microflora. At the same time, in this large tank, we're going to make a, if you will, a broth or a biomass. And we're going to feed that cultured microflora with sugar, in this case, using corn. And in this large tank, we're going to have that vat in the tank under the right temperature, pressure, and time long enough to grow that culture into the whey protein. Now that protein will be within that entire biomass. So what we're going to do then is separate that protein using a centrifuge, and then we're going to concentrate it and filter it using the same types of filtration systems that you would use for concentrated milk ultrafiltration. And then we're going to process it, dry it, and turn it into a whey protein isolate powder. And in this case, they actually can get it up to 95% concentration of, of protein. So the rest of that biomass will be separated and will go through a system to clean it and ensure that anything can be reused or goes back in a clean form. That's really the secret to precision fermentation. Got it. So this is unlike cellular agriculture, where you're taking cells from an animal and putting that into a cell culturing machine and you're feeding it and things like that. This is actually taking some kind of fungus? Well, we call it microflora, which is another word for a, a fungus or a yeast, but mostly probably a fungus. This is almost like a, a, a smaller version of cellular agriculture, but you're not using any animals. You're just using some kind of plant-based plant or fungus or yeast. Yes, some kind of... yes, yes. Okay, cool. Just wanted to make sure I understood the difference because I always thought they were really similar, cellular agriculture mm -hmm. and precision fermentation, but it sounds like here, there's absolutely no animals involved. You guys are just using microflora that you can find out in nature, I would imagine. Right. And, and um, they're culturing that microflora, and that's the growth mechanism we use to grow the whey protein. Got it. Got it. That's fascinating. Super fascinating. And it must use a lot less energy and space than these cellular agriculture projects. I don't know enough about cellular agriculture, but it is probably, it, it is a more economic way to produce a very specific protein or component you want to produce. That's why they call it precision fermentation. Well, cellular agriculture is where you're growing it, like you're growing it in a Petri dish or a, 
a, with using different medium to grow that and it becomes a solid piece of meat, if you will. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. What are the benefits of precision fermentation dairy compared to just say like conventional dairy that you would get at the grocery store? We've been involved in conventional dairy for many years and you've got, you go from the dairy farm all the way to the package and, and that it's a very old business and, and, and they have a process for doing that, but it's not totally efficient because you have issues at the farm level with bacteria or, or, or disease and you have to ensure the cows are, are taken care of and fed and you, then you have to milk the cow, keep everything cold test it again and then transport it by truck to the to the processing plant and then the processing plant has to go through another series of testing to make sure that the product's the right quality and then process it into a, a final product so there's a lot of things that can happen within that the dairy chain and you are getting a fluid milk i used to be one that used to say well it's you're not transporting water you're transporting milk but but in today's world where we like to put together products that are really specific for the nutrition that people need, with precision fermentation, we can target that product, make that component, and then within anywhere in the world, you can set up a factory to ferment, to do that process. And you can produce that component that in this case has, has a whey protein isolate that's 95% complete protein with great quality and has zero lactose from the beginning because it's produced that way. And you can then take that product and use it in a variety of other beverages, foods, and a variety of products. So that was my next question actually, was what about people with allergies to lactose or to casein? Is this something they can consume? But it sounds like it's lactose-free at this point. Does it contain any other elements of dairy where people might have an allergy to it, or is it is it pretty allergy-free, you'd say? So we eliminate the issue of a lactose intolerance, but then certainly we have to claim milk allergens because, you know, that's still a gray area, whether the allergens are in casein or in the whey. But for what it's worth, we make that claim to ensure that anybody that has a milk allergen, uh, like you would for eggs, soy, nut, uh, nuts, and a variety of other things that are allergens. So we, we definitely have that on the package. And from a categorization standpoint, would you put this under the umbrella of vegan or plant-based? It is a vegan product. We do like to call it, like many people are saying, vegan friendly. There's so many flexitarians now that the claim of vegan friendly is actually better than just straight vegan. When we met the people at Perfect Day, I was asking kind of what you were asking, is it considered vegan? Because we happen to be Orthodox Christians and we have our 40 day fast before our Easter. And we're not, so, if you're a good Orthodox Christian, eat any eggs or dairy of any kind. So would that be okay to consume? Because I kind of thought what you thought, it was maybe out of uh, like the hair of a cow, but he said, no, it, it would be absolutely under that, um, that umbrella. They've had a lot of other um, religious groups or vegans have the same kinds of question. That's wonderful. Yeah, because you just, 
you know, there's so many details in different religions and there's so many different options coming out, you know, that it's, it's hard to keep these types of things straight. So it's wonderful to hear that, yeah, there's no animals harmed in the process, no animals at all, really. We feel like we're making a new category called animal free, something like Beyond Burger or the Impossible Burger. It's a new category. And in our case, it's animal-free dairy, which we feel like you've got plant-based, you have the dairy category. Well, we're the animal-free dairy category. And there's a, there's a lot of products that can be made within that category. That makes sense, definitely from a marketing perspective as well. What are the environmental benefits to precision fermentation dairy when you compare it to conventional dairy? We're running out of room in the world to have enough dairy cows to feed everyone and it just takes so much land and it takes so much water to have cattle. And the methane is a big piece of the uh, environmental problems that we're having causing climate change. Something like 8% of the emissions in the United States come from dairy cows. And a, a cow is really a, a big fermenter anyway. You're feeding it grains and it's taking those grains and they're turning it into protein or into different components and making a milk. And that process is really only 4% efficient in producing a final product. And as JT said, the land use, animal husbandry, and a lot of these dairy farms are what you'd call concentrated animal feeding operations. Cows really are, are a, a machine where they're putting out milk and they're, they're milking them three times a day. And so we can eliminate a lot of that with precision fermentation and even cell culture in dairy. That makes sense. Have you found any downsides to this? Only downside that I feel like we are up against is awareness and getting the consumer to understand and not think it's a Petri dish, you know, some fabricated product. I think and it's just going to take some education for people to understand what it is. It's new. And fermentation is a natural process. It's not, it's not uh, weird science. And that's the point we have to get across to them. Why do you think precision fermentation dairy is the future? After being involved in the dairy industry for over 40 years in the U.S., Mexico, China, I've seen how I've, I've been involved in how it operates from farm to the package. And it is not the most efficient system. You're constantly worried about microbes. You're constantly worried about keeping things cold or hormones or disease and consistency. So when you look at that and you think about even food security in the world, where we're up against even shortage of grains and you have to make a decision whether you're going to feed livestock or people, it, it makes the most sense to be able to keep advancing the technology of precision fermentation to make, to go beyond just making whey protein isolate into other components of dairy, or even eventually the entire milk and to where you can dial it in and make volumes and make it very efficient and make it anywhere you want in the world, you'll be able to produce this where people need nutrition. And there's not enough land to, to continue for everyone to be drinking milk in, in the world. And it takes so much less resources. And, and the concerns about methane coming out of the cows. And, you know, in, in America, there are 9 million, little less than 9 million dairy cows at this point in time. 
and it takes a lot of resources and they're responsible for something like eight or nine percent of all the emissions that come for the United States. And wow. uh, that and if you take that around the world and and honestly, there's a lot more you can do with fermentation to make the right products in the right place for the people to have the right nutrition. That's great. Well, I can't wait to see what else you guys end up doing. It's going to be really exciting to follow Strive. What have been some of the challenges that you all have faced? Packaging can be a challenge. We've gone through a, a couple different alternatives in packaging um, because we started wanting to put it in a plastic bottle and then we decided that's kind of going backwards. And we just decided the Tetra Pak was the best alternative for us. Just to start the business with. Mm -hmm. We've always thought about having multiple formats of packaging. But like Janet said, there's been a lot of, a lot of capacity constraints. You know, people have been eating more and, and people want aseptic products and there's not enough capacity there. So we always wish we still had our own plant, own processing plant. But so we're having this co-packed. And it's been a challenge getting enough capacity out of different people to, to, to really get it off the ground. So there's been some delays. I have a kind of a saying that how things start is usually how they end. And we wanted to make sure that the products were right. We did a lot of pilot plant work. We did a lot of focused tastings and we wanted to do some shelf life tests because I've seen people bring in their products. They didn't do enough time with shelf life testing. It fell apart there in the marketplace and they've got to pull it all back. And so we wanted to make sure that when we hit the ground, when we launch that the products are right, that they are consistent because in the food business, consistency is everything. So we wanted to wow product. We wanted it to be consistent and we want it to be sustainable. So, and we want to make sure that we're really set up for the long-term of to be able to deliver. Because if we get a big order, we want to be able yeah. to, to take the order and, and keep the customers happy. We're very excited to be back on that side of the business. Do you see any hurdles when it comes to consumer adoption? I mean, there's so many products out there right now. How will they differentiate yours from the rest, do you think? We're going to have to definitely do a lot of education with consumer awareness of what it is. A lot of people will say, what, what are you talking about? But we feel like... It is getting to be a crowded field. There's a lot of new products coming in. But if you look at plant-based and alternative milk products, it's a category that's growing. And there's a lot of people who are dairy drinkers that want to come over to that. The number one concern to consumers is climate change. They're looking at it and they're saying, how can I be better at this? And if they love the taste of milk and they want dairy protein, they want complete protein, then, then they have a hard time sometimes coming over to an almond milk. So we feel like that's a big differentiation we can give in the marketplace. I also think a new category is the animal-free category of, like, say, Beyond Meat, an impossible burger. Not that we're doing the same thing, but it sort of falls into the, the same category. It's not a veggie burger. It's not oat milk. It's it really is a an alternative animal-free milk. That, that seems like it's done pretty well and people are pretty open to an alternative meat tasting really like meat or a milk that really tastes like milk. And, and quite honestly, I've tasted a lot of milks in my day. And what is the flavor of milk? It's, it's almost an essence. Everybody has their own 
idea of the taste of milk. There, you know, everybody does milk a little bit differently, and every region has a different flavor to the milk. So we feel like we have produced a product that will wow people. They'll taste it and say, "This tastes like the real thing," and they'll want to come back for more. It's delicious. It's refreshing. And it delivers the nutrition that we, we want to the customer. So that's our feeling is we're just going to have to get them to try it and and get out there and you know go door to door if we have to, knocking on doors and getting people to, to believe in what we believe. And it is the matter of believing in it. We took on this vision because we really, as we said to the guys at Perfect Day, we believe in what they're doing. And people who know me from our background in this industry think I'm absolutely out of my mind, but they cannot deny the fact that we're not living in the rearview mirror. We're looking, our eyes are to the horizon and we're focused on the next 10 years, the next decade when things have to change. I mean, if you read the IPCC report from the United Nations regarding climate change, this world better change in the next eight years. We, we better do some drastic things to make things better. Or, or we're facing some real disasters. So that's that's another part of really why we believe in what we're doing. Yeah, I, I do not disagree. I'm curious what you think about the future of dairy. What is it going to look like in five, 10 years from now? It's not going to go away. And there's some great, I mean, I've been to some wonderful organic dairies and organic farms. There are some terrific companies out there making some great products. And I hope that the dairy industry looks more to how they can be better for the planet and better for the environment with and how they treat their cows, what they do to produce the milk, how it's processed. And you're seeing more and more of them, more and more of these organic companies, especially doing grass fed and really working to make great products. The dairy industry is not going to go away. I think you're going to have more innovations like Fairlife has done. Look what I mean, for gosh sakes, it's a billion-dollar brand now. And uh, they're now, they've now got now plants everywhere. And, of course, they're owned by Coca-Cola. So I think the dairy industry is going to do very well. I don't think you're ever really going to replace higher-end artisan products that I think are important. But, uh, but I can see things changing dramatically where the cost of operating. The cost of grain. The cost, cost of cost. operating a large dairy becomes more difficult. And especially if they start getting regulations regarding emissions or regarding how they treat the water, et cetera. So I, I do think that it's, it's going to continue to decline, but I think it's just going to have to evolve into something that's a little bit better quality. Yeah, sounds great. What, is there anything else you'd like to share? We're really doing this because of our kids and our grandkids. And we just want a better world for them. We're in a position to be able to do this. We have the knowledge and we had the brand and we found perfect day. And we just feel like this is like, we can't not do this. Harmonic conversion kind of, we just mm-hmm. felt like, wow. Okay. And so I guess we're also trying to figure out the next 30 years of our life as we go into our past, our senior citizens age, but, but um, yeah. And something we can do together. And it's really it's at times it's it's a little trying because it's hard to sometimes separate home from it's been from, good from it's uh, been business. good but we're i think we'll make it to our 50th wedding anniversary yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> but that's so that's as janet said we believe and we feel like this is something very important to do 
Yeah. That's and great. We, we're very pleased to be working with our friends at Perfect Day. They're, yeah. they're nice young men. They're brilliant. They're building a nice team there. We're well aligned with them. and We're thrilled to have the opportunity. And, yeah, and they them. and we're kind of the the senior citizens of the group, so Aww. we feel pretty good about that. Great, I'm sure you guys have lots of knowledge to pass on to them, given all of your years in the dairy industry, and now you're pivoting into this and sharing everything that you've learned. So thanks, thanks, Wendy. What a beautiful story. Thank you. Well, well we thank hope you it, too. I hope it ends well. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. <laughs> Well, thank you two so much for being on the podcast. How can people find your milks? We'll be in the marketplace and we'll start with e-commerce. We'll be totally set up for e-commerce and, and actually something like a, a larger percentage of the of beverages are being sold by e-commerce now. So we're going to have a, a large presence with a, a very broad e-commerce network. And then we're going to start calling, knocking on doors and calling on natural food markets and even some of the larger grocery chains and just and, and make them understand because even the retail chains are very concerned about the sustainability of their business and the products they're putting into the marketplace. So we feel like that's a real advantage we have that we can bring to them. And again, it doesn't matter how great the products are. If they don't taste great, they're not going anywhere. And we really feel like we have great tasting products. So that's that's where we're going to be in the market. Wonderful. And can we follow you on Instagram or is there a website to go to? What's the best way to keep an eye on everything you all are offering? The website is striveforbetter.com. Okay. And we, we, there's, there's strive for greatness, but every day, every human just strives to be a little better. So we felt like that was the best moniker for us. I love that. That's wonderful. All right. Well, thank you two so much for being on the podcast. It was such a pleasure hearing both of you and hearing your perspectives and best of luck with Strive. And I can't wait to keep an eye on everything that's happening. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Wendy. Thank it was you fun very for much. us too. Thank you. God bless oh, you. Good. Thanks.